0: Hey, what's going on? You are listening to Tag's Podcast, a.k.a. Talk About Gay Sex. I'm your host, Steve Rodriguez, wishing you a very happy holiday season as this debuts on December twenty fourth. The happy Christmas Eve to you all. This episode is episode one hundred and thirty five. It's actually going to be a rebroadcast for all you solid listeners out there, and for any new listeners out there. I actually chose an episode that I think it was is kind of will be great for us. Um, it was back in episode one hundred and twenty three. This episode is when I interviewed. Creator Matthew Lynn of a series the third that you all can watch now. It is on the Deku platform, D E K K O O Deku. Uh, it's a streaming platform, much like all the other streaming platforms. Right now, you can get your first week free, seven day trial. I think it's only nine ninety nine. After that, but you can try it out for seven days for free and watch my uh the show the third the third is created by Matthew Lynn and I interviewed him in this episode back uh, a few months ago early October and I really it's all about a thruffle, a triad relationship and it's all set in Palm Springs and I also chose this episode because it is shot during the Christmas season so the minute you turn on it's a very fun binge worthy show I think there's only six episodes and you if you watch the first one you're going to be addicted to it like I was and speaking of addiction we start this particular episode on with porn addiction and I think I talked to my two co-hosts, Jeremy Ross Lopez and Lincoln who wish all of you a very happy holiday season uh, about our, we talked about our porn addiction so We'll get right back into that in a, in a hot second. I just also want to let you know, thank you all who listened to last week's episode at Barba Men's Grooming Boutique. Uh, we are still doing our giveaway for Adam's Toy Box and you can just enter to win the ram inflatable inflatable vibrating anal expander so that you too can expand your orgasms and it's kind of a nifty toy that would be fun to play with it inflates uh, as you play along with it and then it's got this separate gadget that can vibrate the feeling for you. So it's kind of a cool thing kind of to stretch you out. And we are giving this away. You can enter to win this because we'll announce the winner on December 27th. All you got to do is email me, steve at talkaboutgaysex.com. And in the subject line, put Adam's toy box and you will be entered again. December 27th is the deadline when I announce the winner and I will send this off to one lucky orgasmic (laughs) winner listener. So it's, uh, again, email me, steve at talkaboutgaysex.com and just put Adam's toy box and on the Adam's toy box, uh, you can get twenty percent off all of their toys. We are working with them right now. If you go to Adamstoybox.com, they've got. I'm. We're going to be continuing to introduce some cutting edge adult fun toys to expand your pleasure. I will be talking a lot about those. But you can go to Adam Adamstoybox.com and at checkout put tags T A G S and get 20% off all things. It's adamstoybox.com, promo code TAGS, T-A-G-S. Well, again, my co-hosts, Jeremy Ross Lopez, Lincoln, and myself, Steve Rodriguez, wish you such a happy holiday season. And we uh, will be. I will be back next week with a best of and kind of a thinking about the 2019 year. So check out next week's episode. And then we're back with all brand new episodes beginning uh, January 7th onward. So looking forward to all of that. But truly, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We love doing this show for you. It means so much to us that we connect with you. And I love everybody that reaches out to us. It means so much. So on that note, enjoy your holiday season and this uh, is a rebroadcast, like I said, of episode 123 when I interviewed Matthew Lynn with this show, The Third, that you can watch now on the Deku platform. We also get into some porn addiction. And with that, here is episode 123 rebroadcast. Check it out. Happy holidays. This episode of Tags Podcast is sponsored by BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. Get your first order free when you use our promo code, Tags, T-A-G-S. Go to BlueChew.com. What's going on? You are listening to Tags Podcast, aka Talk About Gay Sex. This is episode 123, if you can believe it. Damn. I'm your host, Steve Rodriguez, along with my co host, Jeremy Ross Lopez. Hello. How are you? I'm well. Good, good. Um, Wow, we had some fun over the weekend. We did. We went out on Friday night and then we also went to boxers. Uh, um, If you guys come to New York City, there's three boxers here, and one of them... We We like the best. Yeah, Uptown. They were playing... We went kind of early on a Sunday, which is fine, and they were playing all of our fun jams. I feel like I could
1: definitely go back on another Sunday, too. I would should definitely leave much earlier than I did, but (laughs) we stayed late, and I definitely like pushed myself too late like to go to the office the next morning. I'm like I definitely regretted it today, but it was a really fun night and the music was bomb at the beginning. It was all nineties and all the like pop girls that we love and stuff. But oh, then, yeah. then it just went down a hill.
0: <laughs> Maybe we'll do a meetup with our tag's podcast listeners soon. Yeah. And that could be a lot of fun. Um so we did that I went and saw Madonna FYI She's here in New York I highly recommend it It's like a Broadway show Mm -hmm. Uh, If you like Madonna already You're going to love this That's all I'm going to say I don't want to ruin it for anybody Yeah Um I wanted just a couple of announcements. The interview I did with Gerald McCulloch uh, for his documentary All Male All New Johnson's is now available. You can get it on, I was looking on iTunes today, but I think Amazon and the Prime, the Deku yeah. platform. And so check that out if you listen to my interview with Gerald. The, uh, the movie's really good. Jeremy, you saw mm-hmm. it. And we, yeah, it's we, we, fun. We talked a lot about it. Also, making... There, um, a film that we talked about, uh, Jonathan Agassi Saved My Life, is coming here October 24th in New York City for the New Fest, the Ooh, LGBTQ cool. Film Festival. That's John- a must see. Yeah, October 24th, also in the New Fest. Uh, festival is Queer Japan. I did an interview with the director of that, which I highly recommend. That's on October 27th. As well as my interview with Terrence Crawford and his documentary Crystal City about the meth addiction in our gay community that's also October 27th and it is actually available now on all video on demand platforms oh, you can see it. it yeah you can uh, rent it you can watch it but I recommend also if you're in New York to go to Newfest because he'll have a talk back where he'll be in the theater after the film and you can and, ask questions yeah, and stuff. that's cool and it's it's a riveting uh, film about a meth addiction. Yeah. And it takes place in New York, right? In New York City? Yes. He follows <laughs> several guys here in New York City. And you can also listen to my interview. I think it was our season five opener with Terrence Crawford at, mm-hmm. about his documentary, Crystal City. Um, just to update people, I... I've been on Truvada, and I think I was telling people that I had to
1: get my three month blood work. Oh, God, and I, this bitch just literally like turned out. Like, are my liver and kidneys failing? It's and a, I'm like, well, it's, I know it's a thing, but I'm just like, calm down, bitch. Well, and everything wait. turned out okay, and yes. I got it back. And Gilead's such a great.
0: You know, they're the ones that make it. I don't mm-hmm. know if they're great, but I was yeah. like, able to fill out
1: their coupon form. I think people have issues. Like I think, in general, a lot of people are angry with just the medical business because pharmaceutical of... Pharmaceutical companies. Yes, pharmaceutical because of uh, how expensive things are. Right. And we know that the even the Truvada itself, if you... Oh, it's thousands. If, yeah, it's tons. And it's just like, for what? I mean, for... Things that people need. I mean, also I'm not saying need as in to go bareback whoever you want, but just to just for prevention. I mean, it's just astronomical prices for it if you don't either meet the needs of the uh, discount card and all of that. I exactly. Mean, it's it's astronomical. It the
0: one thing I will say on you have to get all of your s well you have to prove that your HIV Negative. To, every time. Yeah. And every three months, uh, so every 90 days. And I told my doctor to also do STI screening as well. And the one thing that uh, is really important is to tell your doctor to do a swab mm-hmm. for. Oral and And anal, anal, because things like chlamydia, Mm -hmm. my doctor was telling me, if you just pee in a cup, we'll only look for it in a certain area of your body. Mm -hmm. It's so important to have the anal swab and the oral swab, which is super easy for them to do and oftentimes you can if you just do the urine it will come back negative right.
1: and not know that yeah. you've had it so and i highly recommend and a lot of times that. with them too it's that you also don't experience any side effects so it's not something that's like uh, it's you can't alert yourself if you don't know so exactly you I can mean, have some symptoms things that don't can show go up unnoticeable and then uh, later down the road you're waiting around with it so it is really great to add that Hard into it. Exactly. A, testing in general. Very important. And it's quick and easy, I mean.
0: Oh, it's super easy, but what mm-hmm. I noticed is that many doctors don't often do the swab, mm-hmm. and I think it's really important to, if they're not doing that, if they just do the typical screening, metabolic screening, yeah. and have you pee in the cup, that just ask them, and it couldn't take more than a few seconds, Yeah, and could potentially... I told
1: you that one time I, like... Uh, a mishap I did like an idiot. She the the nurse gave me the swab kit and it was the anal swab, but she had given me a the packaging said penile swab. And so I th- read the packaging and thought, I have to insert it into oof, the head of my penis. Oof. And she's like, did you really just do that? Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Ow. And she's you mean like... You stuck it in the slit it was like, of your penis? It, it was, Yes. Ow, and ow. I like slowly inserted it there. And then, yeah, I don't think I can do this. And so when I went back out, she's like, it's not for that. <laughs> I really am sorry that I gave you... Th- the packaging did say that. Oh, there so is an actual... It, yeah, but it was still just a swab that snaps off and goes into the tube for the testing in general, but I believe that it that one specifically was for wow, the okay. head of the penis, but it was, she said it's kind of like they can use that one or the anal one, and it's still a similar, just the same break-off type of swab kit, and then she felt so bad after just <laughs> yeah. because I was like, it hurt a lot, like, for the rest oh, of the day. I would have day. been
0: running back, because I <laughs> I can't handle any of that. Yeah. And, and, I mean, I'm cringing as we're talking about all that right now. I wonder now.
1: With, this, with the sound
0: play, how... No, I can't. I don't, <laughs> we've tried to talk about that. and how you get No, I, I, I can't. <laughs> um, yeah, let's move on, but anyways, I wanted to... Before we get in a little bit later in the show, The second half of the show, I interviewed a uh, a filmmaker, not a filmmaker, but a producer, director, with his brand new show, The Third, about set in Palm Springs. It's on the Deku Network, and it's going to debut a little bit later um, in October. And it's about a thruple, or as he calls it in the series, a triad. Mm -hmm. I asked him about the differentiator differentiation on triad versus threat but way more because he's been in yeah.
1: triads before. So yeah. And the show you saw it and it's- it was great. I mean, it was like a very good depiction of it and it was also just interesting. I guess the, the dynamic of it reminded me of the, the closest thing that I've had is a threesome. And when you're with one and the other one gets a little jealous or like when you give one attention and then it, there are times where it's all three of you But then there are times when it's just The other one and it, it was interesting It was it was great, I liked it You get a lot of insight into where he He's coming from, being In
0: two triad relationships As well as the dramatic And very fun Series he wrote Yeah, And it's so well acted and it there's is. a lot of cliffhangers You'll be able to binge watch that On the Deku network, so stay Close for my interview coming up a little later In the show, but before we get into that I wanted to I was watching last night Jeremy a I'm a big fan of this show called This Is Life with uh Lisa lang on the CNN network and her opener was last night and it was all about porn addiction and in general she focused on these days people are learning about sex young people as as young as 8 years old wow. are getting all of their sex knowledge and imprints about sex through porn. Why? Because in general we have the mobile devices. The access stuff, to and it. Access yeah. to and it's it. hard
1: to limit that
0: access to. You know, and I, I was thinking a lot about it after I watched it because I know on this show we've, we are certainly fans of porn. We've had porn stars on yeah. as guests. But we've also had other guests on the show that uh, we've had the bait coach, which he's d- does a lot of work with group seminars and getting us in touch with either hugging mm-hmm. or um, we've had Master Joshua, who it's not just sex, it's BDSM. We've had uh, my friend Finn Dearheart on the show who does these coachings about intimacy. He's yeah. a sex and intimacy coach. And
1: remember on when we had on. Luca talk about the, uh, the popper, Training well, Yes, yeah. proper training too With watching porn at the same time Exactly The videos <clears throat> So I guess um,
0: And I've often questioned my own porn consumption Yeah um, But with so many of these guests that we've had on our show I've trying to work through, not always being, a con, you know, consumed. Yeah, I really like... But I uh, wanted to ask you, yeah. th- Jeremy, because I know I grew up in an era where we didn't, we had VHS. Yeah. And we didn't have, well, we had porn. But yeah. But I didn't, I don't think I watched my first porn until I was 19. And even then, it was so hard to get because yeah. it was VHS and on and on and on. I know your story's a little bit different. And you
1: what was the earliest and first memory you had of porn? I'm trying to think of I think the it's funny and like embarrassing at the same time. I think I latched onto uh, male nude photography. As an artistic thing Look up I'd go to the library And go to that Photography section But look at Male anatomy only And so that was Like how I got off And got turned on Some of and us I, did The and Sears And i remember Like catalog. I ripped out I ripped out a page Of dick and ass And just like Brought it home with me Out of this book That is a library book. And I did the same thing and too, I like, with a magazine. And I would fold it up, and it was this hot guy that, but standing in an anatomy book. Not uh, porn. Yeah, it's not. Wasn't for sexual tendency, but it just turned me on. And I also was at an age where I didn't really know where to find it or get it and gain access to it. Computer was password and protected, and my parents would like look through the history and stuff. And then once I got sworn enough to delete the history. My ass was home masturbating every day after school, like literally three times in a row right after I got off the school bus. And I, but I still at that time masturbated. Then after that, I found gay erotic photography and I would masturbate to that. And then I, and then I also went to my aunt and uncle's house and like took one of their DVDs, this raunchy freaking bukkake. Oh my God. And I took it home, borrowed it, without them knowing clearly, went up to my room, watched it all night long, masturbated to it, and then brought it back the next time we went to my cousin's house. What age do you think you were when you first saw the- I want to say that was probably 14. Okay, that's- yeah. Like 14 or 15, I think that's when I realized what getting a boner was and the release of coming and all of that. And then I think once I did realize it, I was like obsessed with it. And I'm still like a very avid porn watcher. I actually watched porn today at work. and At work? I, it was just a small clip, but I, I happened to click on Twitter and I have like a Twitter account where I just follow all this really hot porn. Right. And my manager walking by, thank God I have the brightness all the way down, but it's some gigantic ass getting rammed. So I guess my other question that I
0: wanted to ask you was consuming porn and having it accessible at, you say, 14, do you think that... It, you got a lot of your sex education because that's what this show that I was watching kind of talked about and how at times it can numb us in certain ways. And we certainly are proponents on the show of porn and this special wasn't anti-porn in any way. But the question on the show and the question I have for you is, do you think that it altered any way that you approach dates or men or or even sex by what you consumed at such an early age
1: I don't know I think it I don't know if it really helped because I feel that anything that I've learned for, is from physical experience much more than what I watch but I will say the scenarios maybe are something that I try to emulate or reproduce you yeah so, for example, anonymous, where you have the setup of somebody waiting for you, that really turns like I'll me leave on. The door open. But I do like it to be somebody that I've already that I already know, like by by face, and I know them personally. But have it be the scenario of anonymous so sex, so you don't get murdered, <laughs> exactly. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like still somewhat safe, but that that I got from porn. So that was something that I got turned on by. From watching it in porn videos. So that's an example of something where I didn't really learn a technique. It was just that's a hot scenario to me. And the thing with like panty play and lingerie play on men, I I watched that
0: in porn too. I think that's okay. What you've described is scenes that are realistic that you could actually... Do with people that you've saved met on yeah. Grindr or wherever you have met them. The panty play and all that is another example of something that you, you know is realistic and you could mm-hmm. find people that are into it. Some of it is if you do meet somebody that what they were talking about on the show is over masturbation can sometimes lead to erectile dysfunction issues
1: or a preoccupation yeah that's just consuming i think it definitely can and do that. and it's not healthy in that sense of of i I feel like if you're dating somebody i would definitely want that person to masturbate less and do it with me and i've when i've been in any relationship i have been exercised. That. that Yeah I've exercised that And I try to practice The same for myself Because I do like To masturbate An excessive amount Of times in a day But that's when I'm like single And just not having A lot of sex Out and about So for me That's It fills the void For me But I guess It is really Much healthier To have physical Contact with people And I think Your sex is better When you do Have more of that and I don't know if the porn really makes it a lot better. It's fulfilling a fantasy, but it's a very like a short and just it's very it's not physical. But I will say I do replace image when I'm having sex with somebody. Sometimes I reference the porn in my head of something that I watched that I really enjoyed. And try it. Yeah. Oh well, I think that's a healthy way. It sounds like you No, but also think about so with, no. when you're with someone and you're thinking about the porn instead of the person, I've mm. done that too. Okay. Where I'm, I'm thinking about something that I watched that day or the day before, envisioning that someone instead, which I don't think is great, physical contact is so different between each person. So someone may be more sensual, someone may like it more rough. Some people and I feel like that's really personal too to the person. For example, if you are more don- dominant with someone and then submissive with another, and also, I don't always love a lot of talk, but then with some people it's hot. You know what I mean? Exactly. I think it's it's
0: for the most part. It, it sounds like you have a healthy dosage of porn a connection, with it. but and so do I at times but I think I didn't grow up with it. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of, I didn't also get a lot of education with sex ed. I mean, we had such a yeah basic. Our sex ed was totally
1: basic. It exactly. was just like, Thing and and my the father basic, gave basic basic sex. I think my father gave anal. me
0: a book, uh, an old book, "The Joy of Sex," <laughs> and I wanted the joy of gay sex. And, of course, and, you did, right? So I had a lot of fantasies that yeah. I masturbated to it, and I think masturbation is good. I'm glad that I didn't. We didn't have devices and phones and yeah. computers because i'm sure i would have been prey yeah easily to that as gay men i think we're already yeah totally into sex and sexualize a lot which can be a good thing mm-hmm. i'm kind of glad that i didn't we didn't have those mm-hmm. for me and i was just curious because a part of that special was looking at when porn is introduced to youth at such a young age When you haven't had any formal sex ed at all, but your mind is very young, I wouldn't even know what to do with it at
1: eight years old.
0: Yeah, I think it it can have detrimental effects. Yeah, and then they looked at adults on the show too on how it can the overconsumption of it Mm -hmm. can sometimes preoccupy us and overly. Yeah, and then on the other hand. Want us to expect certain things in bed, yes, and maybe not even want to have sex Definitely. with real people, yeah, because we only know these hypersexualized mm-hmm. visuals that yeah. we see on our laptops or phones, and so that's when I think it can be a little bit of a detriment. But it's an inter- interesting conversation. It is.
1: I also I like the amateur porn the best, which I feel like that's a popular category. Is like homemade videos and things versus really staged porn that seems a little very beautiful but just like not raw. Exactly. If you know what I mean? Right, more amateur. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I feel like you can create it more when it is amateur.
0: Exactly We're going to continue this conversation On our Patreon page and, and we have a question for you How much porn are you watching And when do you watch it And we'll continue that conversation On our Patreon page Go to patreon.com forward slash Talk about gay sex Join the conversation there And maybe consider becoming a patron And supporting Tag's podcast At the various tiers With extra special sexy perks Like Justin just did this week Thank you so much, Justin, for becoming a patron. Join the conversation on our porn, where we'll continue it. yes uh, the, uh, communication on all that. Also later we'll be adding uh, links too. Yes, and so I want uh, Jeremy this week will have uh, links to some of the porn he's watching. <laughs> so you'll be able to see that too at the various tiers. Let's take a break and when we come back, we'll talk to the director of the brand new show, The Third. Hey, it's your buddy, Steve Rodriguez. You want to know what I don't leave the house without? My little nifty packet of Blue Chew. You never know when you might meet that special someone, so Blue Chew keeps me confident every time I go out. The performance enhancement has the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, can be taken on a full or empty stomach, and the online physician consult is free. It only takes a few minutes to connect with a BlueChew.com affiliated physician. If you qualify, you get prescribed online quickly. As a truly versatile guy in the bed, I like that extra added confidence. So here's a great deal for you. Visit bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code TAGS, T-A-G-S. Just pay the $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code TAGS. Chew it and do it. Very excited today with my special guest, Matthew Lynn. Matthew has a brand new series on the Deku network. Uh, it's called The Third. I'm just going to read this out. Um, the Third follows Jason, a 29-year-old gay man who stumbles into a triad relationship with Carl and David, an established gay Palm Springs couple who are on the outs after five years of marriage. Thinking that a third person might spice up their relationship, they agree agree to move forward with Jason. Only to encounter a whole new set of complications, what begins as a passionate three-way affair is jeopardized by skepticism, jealousy, and secrets. Writing their own rules along the way, Jason, Carl, and David try to figure out the true definition of love and whether or not their triangle is equilateral or isosceles. Part drama, comedy, and mystery, the third is the sexy and stylish new... Deku original series that isn't afraid to cross boundaries. Matthew Lynn, thank you for being on Tag's podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Cool. Cool. So I have to just say just right off the bat, I loved the show so much. I watched, I rewatched it twice because I was just hooked. Wow. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. It's extremely, I think the description says it all, um, Let's just get to my first question. I mean, you yourself... Well, my first question really was, you call it a triad, and I've
2: always thought it was called a throuple. Is there a difference between the two, or should I be saying triad? No, I think there's lots of different terms for it. Um, when I got into one, uh, we had always heard the term triad, and one of our members was like, oh, it's a triad, so we started calling it that. And um, But there's throuple, three-way... Um, trying to think of any others yeah there's lots of different names for it I think that speaks to how how many people are doing it now and you're just finding these different pockets of culture where people come up and create their own terms for it which I think is awesome cool so
0: the the reason you uh decided to write about this series is because you yourself found yourself in a triad tell us a little bit about the inspiration and and your own experience
2: absolutely I was in uh two triads actually um when I came out, I was 23 and I had just moved home. I had been a Southern Baptist music minister and quit school and, uh, moved home with my parents to kind of get my life back in order and came out and they said, leave and never come back. Um, and, uh, a couple took me in and, uh, we unknowingly at the time, cause we didn't even have a word for it. We became a triad. And, uh, that eventually ended when I moved away from home and started going back to school to work in the film industry. And, um, I started writing the show about that experience, but lo and behold, as we're literally writing the script for the pilot, I, (laughs) I stumble, I guess is the word I stumbled into another triad relationship uh, that went on for about nine months up until literally the point that we were shooting the pilot. Wow. Wow. And so as we learn in the
0: show, uh, your protagonist, uh, Jason, which would be similarly to your, you, your real life, um, he does kind of stumble into it because it essentially starts out as a three, a three way, correct? Like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, so many of us have had threesomes before I myself included, but the jump to get into a thruple, a triad, as we're calling it is a totally different leap when you say,
2: Oh um, yes, absolutely. Um, and I, I feel like in the show, we, we wanted to trust the audience's intelligence. And we felt like we didn't need to apologize or have to explain away everything like it's some new concept. And I think, I mean, it speaks from what you're saying that um, you kind of just get the concept. And especially now that it seems like a more common thing with ruffles and whatnot. Um, there's so many different ways. I've, I've, we did a lot of research on the show and finding people who are in these kind of relationships. And there's so many different ways that people get into a triad or a, a throuple. Um, you know, sometimes you stumble into a couple. Sometimes you know, it's three people that actually genuinely like each other that just happen to want to start something. Um, but usually it's uh, um, a three-way fling that keeps flinging. And then before you know it, you actually realize you have something in common and um, it fills a void that I think all relationships um, sometimes are needing. You
0: definitely show that uh, one of the it's set in Palm Springs and you really it's almost another character to your series. Uh, why mm-hmm. did you set it in Palm Springs but it, you made it so tantalizing. Oh well, so many people you. will want to go there.
2: I, I love Palm Springs. I think it is gay Mecca and it is the uh, it's such a wonderful place that is unique. It is the gayest place on earth. the entire city council's LGBT. Over fifty percent of the population is gay, and it's just such a unique place and a character in and of itself. I've never been anywhere like it before, and uh, we just want to kind of celebrate it. It's, if if anything, it's a love letter to Palm Springs and all the wonderful things it brought to my life, including that relationship.
0: I would definitely concur. It is a love letter. Being there myself in the past, uh, for those people that don't know, there's a huge history of Palm Springs. There's a mid-century modern thing happening in design. And you definitely bring through the use of music and the way you shot it, a lot of the nostalgia, but of course, modernizing it with this story that you tell, which, you know, I commend you on that. Thank you. Um, one of the other themes that I was reading that you wanted to show in the third is to talk about how we create surrogate families. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, we as an gay people, LGBTQ. We create these surrogate families. You see this in not only the the triad, but I remember in one of the early scenes at a party, uh, one of the main characters says, look around. These people could be, they're not at other homes celebrating Christmas. This is their family. Talk a little bit
2: about surrogate families and why you wanted to show that. Um, I, I think it speaks very much to my life and a lot of my work. I like to talk about surrogate families and how as gay men, a lot of us have to find our tribe. Um, no uh straight people never tend to question their sexuality. And based on that, um a lot of gay men end up trying to find the definition of what love is to them and what family is to them. And I I've noticed being in Palm Springs and in other gay communities around the world that um we all are trying to find a family. We're all trying to find love and acceptance at the end of the day. And I, I, that, that party at episode one came from this beautiful time where we had a, um, a Christmas party at our house with 13 people who they're, they had nowhere to go at the end of, you know, on Christmas day. And we had a great time with these amazing people, um, getting to celebrate love and connection with each other in a way that, I don't know if we can really get in other places. So I I just, I feel like in the gay community, that's a really important thing that a lot of us are searching for. And I wanted to speak to that in the show. I definitely
0: want people to watch this because it's every episode. You can binge watch this. There's a cliffhanger that leads right into the next. So, and we don't want to give away anything because you will want to watch this. But... <laughs> I do want to talk a little bit about what some of the characters go through and what so many people, I'm sure my audience included, are curious about when you're actually entering in a triad. And obviously, every experience is different, but issues of jealousy certainly come to mind. I mean, in the past, I know I've had major issues with jealousy just dating one person. So here you now have <laughs> two people, and some, you know, talk a little bit about
2: how you've dealt with that personally, and, and maybe it'll reflect a little about the show. Absolutely. FOMO, or fear of missing out, is a huge thing when it comes to a triad. And all, Ultimately, in, in our relationship, we realized the the crux of making a triad successful is if you're alone and the other two are together, it's you trusting that they have your best interest at heart and aren't plotting or scheming to run away with each other, uh, which is something that that we dealt with sometimes with each other. Um, I mean, in any relationship, especially if you have an established relationship that a third person comes into, there's got to be in your mind, there's like, well, what am I not providing? Like, why am I not enough? Right? I mean, in any relationship, that's going to happen, especially bringing in a third person. Like, even in a dyad relationship with two people, like, you always have these insecurities. Well, now there's a third person and they have their own insecurities that they're bringing into the fold. And so, trust and open and honest communication is the only way a triad will work. And I've seen a couple that have just, you know, crashed and burned terribly because they just weren't the right combination of personalities. And then I've seen people who have been together for 25 years in a triad and uh, they're very much happy and wonderful and really it works for them. So uh, yeah, I think it really just comes down to communication and trust. That's a huge part of it.
0: Definitely communication. And I know you show in the third, how, the the established couple tries to kind of create somewhat of a level playing field by moving out of their current house into a larger brand new house that the three of them can inhabit together, which sort of in some ways creates this new level playing field. But of course, like you talk about an established couple, you know, you in my mind, I would always wonder, are they you know, bored within their own relationship and I'm here to kind of spice things up or, you know, just, I think it would make me a little bit of a mental case, but I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: There's definitely that insecurity coming in as a third person. Uh, Ultimately in a triad, there's four relationships, right? There's each individual with each other and then there's the whole group and all those relationships have to be nourished in order to survive. Um, but the person coming in, yeah, I mean, you're, you're the new guy on the campus and there's going to be times where the older couple has to, you know, take care of each other and that has nothing to do with you, but they have to keep that connection alive. And so there's a lot of doubt and insecurity that comes into one of these relationships. It takes a lot of work. I remember when we ended the relationship, I felt like there was a huge part of my brain mental space that was cleared up just because there was a lot of, there's a lot of work that goes into it and making something like that work. But there, are, I will say, absolutely, there are some great rewards that come with it as well.
0: And I think you do definitely tap into, there's so many, you get us thinking, your audience onto the various, even within a triad, there can be so many different ways that people come to it. For example, there's this hilarious, which I thought was hilarious, scene. Again, not to give away too much of a, I believe it's a transgendered uh, actor Mm -hmm. who the triple or triad goes and visits to get some advice because they have heard that she was herself in the triad herself. And that scene is just hilarious, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I loved it so much. Uh, But she in the scene is talking about another version of how, and I can't remember the word she used, but was it? Do you remember or know so you what you talking
2: about? Yeah, so you have multiple types of triads. You have equilateral triads, um, which and there's even more beyond this, but there's equilateral lateral triads where everybody's equal in the relationship, right? Everybody sleeps with each other, and you all treat each other as if instead of a two-person relationship, it's three. And then there's also isosceles triads, which is where you're open to one side. So, for instance, a couple shares one person, but they don't sleep with each other, or um, one person in the couple sleeps with the new person, but then the new person doesn't sleep with the other person in the relationship. And then you also have open triads and you have closed triads. And I mean, it, all the things that are compounded off of a dyad relationship or two person relationship also apply to a three person relationship. Um, in my experience, they were what, what are called polyfidelius relationships, which means we were closed, we weren't sleeping with other people, but we were all equal inside of the triad and we all treated each other equally in terms of a relationship. So there's no right way to do it to answer your question.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And I was just going to say, I think what's interesting is that there's all these terms and, and seemingly labels you've just laid forth all of it though, in the end really comes down to what you were talking about communication. And obviously within whomever you're embarking on this triad or whatever is it's up to you to
2: create you know the overall framework correct mm-hmm. yeah it just it really comes down to communication and and trust of understanding that you know you can't expect one person even in any relationship you can never expect your partner to be everything for you um but oftentimes in a dyad relationship we we get into this this rut of feeling like this person has to provide everything for me and they represent everything that i have and when you bring a third person in a lot of times when that gets shaken up it brings up a lot of insecurities a lot of vulnerability of watching somebody you've been with for a long period of time and and trust impeccably and are vulnerable with to suddenly be attracted. well, not even attracted, but to, to be in love with somebody else. Like like just the thought of that is, is, is scary at times. So yeah, it takes a lot of courage really to do something like this, but the rewards when it's good, it can be amazing.
0: I can imagine. And like every relationship, I'm sure a triad's no different, things change. And through communication, things, the, the terms might change, you know, as years go on. I know I have a, these three friends that have been in a in San Francisco for years and they just keep going strong. And two of them often will embark on a vacation holiday together. And then another time, the other two will. And sometimes one of them goes off by himself. And it seems to work beautifully for them. So Mm -hmm. I think it's great. Um, So the show, The Third, it's uh, debuting on the uh, Deku. I'm Mm -hmm. saying that correct, right? That's correct. Platform, we should probably say. And on October 24th. Mm -hmm. um, The other thing I wanted to talk about is you have a
2: great hilarious supporting character. Is it Caitlin? is the, the character's name? Yeah, that's her name. She's uh, Fatima should... Talia is her, her actual name, but Caitlin's a character. Yeah. Fatima. How do you say her name? T- Fatima Talia. Uh, Got it. she's a comedian in LA and she's, she's oh. a rock star. She's incredible. Okay. I'm going to go see her stand up for sure because she added so much to the show. How did you, uh, cast her and layer in that character? Um, she was actually recommended through, uh, some friends, uh, we, and we found her and, uh, I think this was her first on on-screen acting role, but she just absolutely knocked it out of the park, um, and just brought an authenticity to the character. I mean, she is, she is herself on screen and I think it shows just, she just naturally glows on camera and it was incredible to work with her.
0: And so when you took your own life story and obviously changed things and wrote it, from a dramatic standpoint, you also layered in a lot of comedic elements and a lot of, like I said, cliffhangers and dramas. I mean, how did you go about want, you know, writing this?
2: Well, I would like to say it's inspired by real events. There are some scenes in the season that are verbatim. This happened as well as I can remember. This is actually what we said. And then there's other scenes that are extrapolated from moments of like, this is a point that really does happen, but we're just trying to get it across. Um, and there would often be times, I mean, art imitates life, imitates art. And I'm not going to say that I was, I was making things happen in a relationship in order to, to write stuff, but there would definitely be times where I went to my writing partner and be like, Oh my God, we just had this fight last night here. Here's what it was about. Like try to think about this and just wrap your head around it so we can write a scene on
1: it.
2: Wow. (laughs) Um, Writing as you go. Yeah. (laughs) It's dangerous to date me, I guess, you know, never date an artist. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I, I feel like a, a lot of the dark comedy and things, I think that's attributed to my business partner and writing partner, Matt McClelland. Um, he was incredible and instrumental. And he's he's definitely the guy who puts structure to paper. And I'm I'm very much the guy who says, let's write a scene about that. Um, and so together we work really well. And without him, this season would never have happened. Awesome. And we have to definitely talk about your three main uh
0: the, the characters that are in the the triad who do an incredible job, uh, what was that like casting those three characters and
2: finding the chemistry that worked between all three of them? Of course. Yeah. I mean, it all came down to chemistry, right? If those, if they didn't work, then it didn't work. Absolutely. So, um, we found Jason and Carl very quickly. We did a, we did a pretty standard casting and we, we reached out to all of our friends. We've been working in Hollywood for about five years, so we, we reached out to actors we knew and stuff, but a lot of them just didn't quite grasp it. I mean, for, for in, in their defense, it is kind of different. So it was great to get uh, people sending in auditions saying the word triad because they had no concept of what was going on instead of a triad. Correct. Um, but we found Carl and Jason really quick. Um, uh, Corey Page, who plays Carl, is just is an incredible actor. He's, um, he's Australian and he actually came in and did a, um, an American accent. <laughs> and then in between the takes, he did the Australian accent He said, wait, 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 what, what, what's that? And he said, Oh no, no, no. I thought he was an American. He's like, no, no, no. He's now Australian. <laughs> um, he, and he was loving like, that you kept that in because it, you know, I'm a sucker for accents anyway, but it, he's, he's just awesome in the show. So me yeah. too. I love him. He's, he's great enough that you can learn to hate him. Uh, which I think is a great great attribute as an actor. Um, And then uh, Jason, who was uh, Sean McBride, uh, we found him on on the casting as well, and he just personified Jason so well. But David was kind of a struggle for us. We went through a lot of different actors, um, couldn't really find anybody who clicked with the other two because we knew Corey and uh, Sean were the the ones for those parts. And then we happened upon um, Ryland, and Ryland Shelton is just... He's great he's um he looks the part, he acts the part, and he he really just committed to it and just brought his a game, all of them did really um, and just the chemistry between them when we sat him down in a room, we knew that the different personalities just fit so well oh, definitely it it totally works.
0: um I wanted to quickly so for those people, since you you know been in a couple triads yourself, for people considering it. Can you give your expert opinion on what they should look out for
2: or be cautious of? Um, hmm, That's a good question. Uh, really, it, it, again, it comes down to honest communication. You need to know why people are in it and what they're trying to get out of it. Um, and you have to know that uh, everybody has good intentions at heart. I think it just before you ever enter into something like that, you have to understand it's going to be a rocky road. And because you're developing new relationships with people, right? And you're not just developing, if you're the third, uh, in that group, you're developing two relationships at the same time, plus the group. And, um, the, if you're part of the couple, you're having to delve, uh, understand that the relationship you had is now over. And if you want to bring somebody else in, it becomes something completely new. Yes. You still have your partner. Um, you'll always have them there, but now you have this third person that's just as important and you have to figure out how that works for everybody. I, I think there are a lot of wonderful things that can come from a triad, um, a throuple, and there's a lot of love. It immediately feels like a family uh, when you have three people. It's just something interesting about it. And there's something different about three people versus four because four you can just pair off and there's you're going to have people that connect better than other people. But in a, a three-way relationship, there's nowhere to hide, really, um, because whatever you say to one person, they're going to say to the other person. And so I feel like there's a beauty to it um, that is that is rare and kind of wonderful in some ways. So, uh, I like that you said three is a family, and that's so true. It's also a party, too. <laughs> yes, it's very <laughs> be much a party fun. Sometimes. And it's always nice. The house gets cleaner, easier when you have three people, you know. Okay, <laughs> First, you've right.
0: some perks. You've piqued my interest. I am considering it. Matthew, Lynn, thank you so much. The show is called The Third on Deku's platform on October 24th. Will it be a streaming? Like, will all of them
2: come out at once or how does it work? Correct. I, I believe the whole season is coming out at once. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty 99% sure they all come on. They drop on October 24th. So you can binge watch it.
0: Love it. That's what I did. For people that don't know, uh, how can people get Deku?
2: So you go to Deku.com. It's D D E K K O ocom um, and it's an LGBT streaming service. They've been wonderful to us. You know, we, we shopped the pilot around to a lot of different places, and they, they were the ones who gave us a chance. So, uh, Deku.com, you can sign up and uh, yeah, watch the show October 24th. Cool. Nice, and then I think you can even stream it via some other apps. They have too. an app. They have it online. I think they have an Apple TV app. Um, yeah, So you're correct. If we'll, you we'll want to watch it, they, you can find it.
0: Thank you so much, Matthew Lynn, and I look forward for the show to come out.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Have a great Friday. Okay, you too. Thank you. Bye.